Welcome to Relate Your Research, the online podcast for social work researchers. The aim of this podcast is to make social research accessible. Whether you're a social worker, a psychologist, an educator, a health practitioner, anyone, this is for you. Even a parent who might like to find out more about social issues. Conversations are not scripted and are produced to create authentic conversations. We're branching into the ECD field of research. This is going to be part of a series covering a variety of relevant topics related to early childhood development. This means that you'll expect to find our regular Relate Your Research episodes in and amongst early childhood development episodes. We look forward to having you on this journey with us. I'm Jessica Renasson, and research should be relatable. Today, we are very excited to have Eric Atmore from the Center of Early Childhood Development with us to talk about his thesis focused on the in-depth analysis of South African early childhood development policy. This is really pertinent now at a time where policy is affecting and impacting people and children on the ground. And yeah, Eric, it's great that you would take some time to, to talk to us today. Jessica, thank you very much. Brilliant. So today our theme is on ECD policy, and um, you looked at the trajectory from 1990, if I'm correct. What brought about this focus for you specifically into policy and researching of ECD policy? I've been involved in early childhood policymaking since 1990, before the new government came in place. Uh, what happened was that when Nelson Mandela was released, it became pretty clear that the ANC would be the majority party in parliament post the first democratic election. And unlike in countries where there's been a quick overnight revolution, there was a four-year process before the new government was installed. And in that four years, the ANC very smartly set up various policy teams to advise government so that the day when a new government was in place, they would have policy which they could roll out rather than starting from scratch. So that, that was quite wise. And I was on that first ECD policy team along with seven other people. And then as we got the democracy, uh, I've been involved in ECD policymaking uh, through various appointments. By, by education ministers or by officials in the department, all the way through to, to late 2012. And what is what I find interesting is that, and I'll talk more about it later, is the number of policy documents that there have been which have covered early childhood development. Uh, with the new National Integrated ECD Policy of December 2015, which, by the way, include many of the recommendations which were made in 1990, 1992. I thought it would be interesting to trace that policy trajectory. And a, tra a trajectory simply means a path. How did we get to what I consider to be an outstanding early childhood development policy in 2015? Where did we come from? And how did those policies evolve from, from the early 1990s. So I thought it would be interesting, one, to record it for historical reasons, but two, also to critically analyze it and see 
where we've gone wrong, what have we done particularly well. Um, and uh, I've been told that that's the first ECD policy trajectory study in the world. And, and through my literature research or literature review, I could find absolutely nothing on early childhood policy trajectories. There were one or two articles on higher education trajectories, but absolutely nothing on early childhood development. So that's how I got into it. Look, I think the policy we have today is outstanding. It really is good. It is integrated, it's comprehensive, and it's what I would want for my children, for my grandchildren, and for their children. That's the good news. The bad news is that it's never going to be implemented. It really is not. You know, the cabinet approved that policy in December 2015. We're now four years and three months later. And other than a few administrative meetings, very, very little has been accomplished. And that disheartens me, but it confirms all my reading that the gap between policy making and policy implementation is massive. And uh, Professor Jonathan Jansen and Professor Yusuf Syed have, have coined a term called symbolic policy. And what they mean by this is that often the policy document is written and it looks very, very good, but politicians have little intention of implementing. And they've both coined this term symbolic policy. And I'm afraid that's where we are at the moment, that that policy has been largely symbolic since very little implementation has happened. So in terms of then the comprehensive package that the policy speaks to, what do you think this means for principals and ECD centres um, hoping in some ways of what the policy promises? Look, the implementation happens on the ground. And, and you speak about early childhood principals and teachers of young children. They're the ones on the ground who deliver. And as you are probably aware, there are about 32,000 ECD centers across the country. There are hundreds of play groups and family outreach programs. These are the people who are delivering in communities. Where the weakness is, is that the provisions of the current policy, the responsibility for driving it and the, the responsibility for managing it is largely absent. You know, the biggest difficulty for me with this policy is the lack of political will to implement it. And what I mean by that is that a program, a project, if you look at our response now to this coronavirus, it's got political backing. The president has made about five or six national addresses. All these cabinet members have spoken about it. There's a huge political will to overcome this virus. That political will is not there in the realm of poverty alleviation or poverty eradication. It's not there in bringing about equality in South Africa. And it's certainly not there in meeting the needs of young children. So the biggest problem for me is not on the ground. Those 
100,000 entrepreneurial women who provide for about 2.3, 2.4 million children every day. They are doing their job. They're holding up their end of the bargain. They are implementing components of the policy. But the, the drivers to make that policy work, political will, a political champion, funding, competent government officials, those are all missing. And that's the, the biggest disappointment that, that we see. What were some of the research findings? This was part of your PhD study. Did you come up with any other interesting conclusions um, that you could communicate to any of the listeners who are interested in what you found? Yes, let me give you a little bit of background first. Uh, what will surprise you and what will surprise all the listeners that I found 27 policy and policy-related documents related to ECD, 27 documents, starting off with the Constitution of the Republic, which mentions access to basic education, and then 26 others culminating in the National Integrated ECD Policy. So there are all these policy documents, and one can see a thread from 1990 to 2015. In 1990, the focus was largely on instituting the year which we now know as grade R. That was a recommendation of the World Bank study on which TMR was in 1994, that there be a grade R year. That has changed. Uh, to the, the National Integrated ECD Policy, as I said, is comprehensive. It takes in education, health, well-being. It takes in nutrition, literacy, numeracy, life skills. It's, it's, so there has been a significant progress in our thinking about what early childhood development is. For example, Education White Paper 5 in 2001 only talks about grade R. And there's one paragraph which mentions that children aged birth to four, they will be looked at at another point in time. So there has been huge progress. Some of my findings, there are the eight main findings. Uh, the first is that the fact that we've got early childhood development on the political agenda is due to efforts by civil society and nonprofit ECD organizations. These were the activists in the early 90s uh, who got ECD onto the agenda. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been there. Remember the, the focus of the first two education ministers, uh, Professor Bengu and Professor Kada Asmal. Their focus was schooling because they were getting all the criticism about poor performance at schools. So it was the nonprofit and civil society sectors that got ECD onto the political agenda. The second major finding was that our policymaking skills and ability have matured over the last 25 years, but there's still a significant need for training in early childhood policymaking and in how do you implement policy and how do you analyze policy in order to make changes. I also found that the understanding of what early childhood development is has changed radically. You know, from the 1970s 
early 1980s, the focus was all on education, schooling, and on school readiness. Today, it's far wider, it's far broader than that. It's more comprehensive. We talk about the first thousand days and the importance thereof. We talk about healthcare, nutrition, safety, child well-being, mother well-being, and so on. So the focus of what ECD is or the understanding has changed radically. The fourth thing I found is that many of these policy documents have a, a vision for children, but no goals and certainly no targets. Education White Paper 5 has a target of 810,000 children in grade R in public primary schools. Um, but other than that, there's very little targeting. A lot of the language has been um, fuzzy and, and vague. And I think, I think politicians deliberately do this in order to uh, spare themselves the uh, burden of, of implementation. Then I found that in not a single one of these ECD policies was there any costing done. So the big, the, the, of the 27 policies, there were three really big ones. The interim policy in 1996-97, education white paper five in 2001, and then the national integrated policy in 2015. Not one of them has been costed, meaning the policy is, is presented to cabinet without the implications on the national treasury. I also found that there's been very little communication between government and the wider society, uh, not only the ECD sector, but wider society, the wider public, as to what is the early childhood development policy. And I think if I think there, there's always a need if you if you develop a policy, particularly one as important as early childhood development, there's a need to communicate it to the wider citizenry, and that, that wasn't done. Uh, I also found that there's still a tension between the Department of Basic Education, the Department of Social Development, and the Department of Health. These three departments don't talk to each other, Notwithstanding the migration from basic education to social development, sorry, from social development to basic education, which is underway, that will not solve the tension because they will both still have significant responsibilities with regards to children. Uh, and then, obviously, the, the, the really big one is the gap between what the policy text says and what government has implemented. And as I said earlier, it's now four years and three months since that policy was approved and we've seen very little implementation. So those have been the major findings of the study. No, that's great. It's so um, encouraging in some ways to see it from a broad perspective and just to see the importance of communication networks, actually of filtering down what policy is saying and the way that civil society and government departments are almost championing these um, various mandates, basically, in policy, almost irregardless of which policy we're talking about. Yes, look, look, we can, we can do much more. There, there are good people, there are good officials 
in government, but they are hamstrung by the dictates of politicians and by what funding is available. And I mean, I know you're in the Western Cape, uh, the, the public officials would love to do much more, but they're constrained by all sorts of things, the biggest which is political will and funding. Mm. And in some ways, in, in this situation too, the money talks. So if there isn't funding and political will behind it, the agenda stays silent. Of course, of course. Look, the best example I can give you was is the 2010 World Cup, the 2010 Soccer World Cup. Now, I'm a soccer fan. I'm a football fan. I played soccer and I love the game. But in 2010, when we ran the World Cup for that month, the stadium was beautiful. There was a policeman on every corner. Everything worked. And the reason for that is that the political will was driving it. Now, we need to translate that political will into early childhood development. Example of the World Cup is so relevant. I can imagine many listeners nodding their head remembering that time when all of a sudden there were changes, actually, as you say, the, the police force were out and infrastructure was improved. Are there any other practicalities that you would like to note for the ECD sector that we could translate from your research into? into today? There, there are lots that we can learn. Uh, the one is that we have to position children and early childhood development on the political agenda. It's only when we position early childhood development on the political agenda that we see action. Without that um, drive, um, and Professor Carter Arsenal said this, that it's the squeaking wheel that gets the oil. And I think the early childhood sector the voice has been lost. Uh, the, the voice and the activism of the 1980s has been lost in 2010 and beyond. So we have to get that voice back. And if, if the study has taught me anything, it's that we have to attack the problem at a political level. Only then will we get funding allocated to young children. Only then will we get officials acting, as we've seen with the, with the coronavirus. I also think that if the public is made aware of what early childhood development is, of the benefits to society, to the economy, to families, then we will see much more action from, from government. So that's been, that's two of the real uh, things which we can do on the ground. I also think that we need to train government officials in terms of the Children's Act, in terms of the constitution of the country, and in terms of the national ECD policy. Um, if they understand that, they can implement. And then we have to look at monitoring performance. How are we doing with policy implementation? We don't have a single tool in this country or a single state department which monitors that to the degree that it should. Oh, very practical. Thank you for those. How do you foresee further research opportunities into this topic? Um, of course, your PhD study was um, in some ways 
encompassing a political and policy perspective. Do you foresee other research opportunities coming from this? Certainly there are. I think now that we are four years down the line, just over four years in the uh, implementation of the National Integrated ECD Policy, the first study that must happen is how is policy best implemented? What structures and processes can a government, not only the South African government, but a government in any country, establish in order to ensure that policy is implemented? And then a, a specific piece of research, which I think is needed now, is a critical assessment of the implementation of the national integrated ECD policy. As I've said, it's excellent, but it won't be implemented. And we need some bright, young, early childhood interested, early childhood activist person to go out there and do a critical assessment of how has implementation rolled out. Has it rolled out? Which factors have limited it? Which factors could enhance it? You know, if you look across the nine provinces, uh, the Western Cape implementation is by far the best, but it in itself is, is still inadequate. So a study on that, I think, will be significant. And, and I hope there's somebody out there who will take that up. Absolutely. We've had um, such amazing feedback from various episodes on many topics. And so this is really just a platform for researchers to start to access and connect with each other. So thank you for your thoughts. Do you have any final words of advice for, for researchers out there who are maybe looking into education, who are looking at policy development? Yes. Uh, let me start off with the, the easier one. Nike has a motto, just do it. I think if there are young people out there who want to research in the early childhood development sector, just just go out and do it because there's so much that needs to be done and there's so much opportunity. Another aspect that, that needs to be looked at is that the study I did was a policy trajectory study. You can count on your one hand how many have been done globally over the past 30, 40 years. And it's a fascinating approach to studying policy, and that is to study policy from over a period of time. Now, I did mine over 25 years, and I had the huge advantage of having been involved over that 25-year period. So perhaps I had an advantage, but certainly tracking how policy has been originated and how it's changed over time, I think, is a, a growth area in the uh, study of, of policy, not only education and not only early childhood development. For any young, young person out there wanting to study, you have to get the right supervisor. I happen to have what I think is the best supervisor in the world, Professor Niran Davids. She was efficient, she was kind, she was firm. Um, to give you a, a slightly humorous story, when I submitted my first chapter, which is about 35 pages, I thought I'll give it to her and I'll get back a response in a month's time, four weeks' time. I can go and have fun and relax and sit on the beach for four weeks. I'm not going to be hassled by this thing called a thesis. Jessica, three hours and 50 minutes after submitting that chapter, I got back the full chapter 
critiqued from first word to last word. She also gave me bits of advice, which at the time I thought were was a bit, bit not right, um, but turned out to be perfect. For example, she said to me, don't worry about the amount of data that you're going to collect, because we all get neurotic that, where am I going to find sufficient data? I found much more than I needed. And then she also said to me, get your data early, as soon as you can. And I thought, no, I thought you wrote the thesis logically, chapter one, chapter two, literature review, then methodology. Getting the data early was the best thing I could have done. And then finally, she said to me, and I thought this was really incorrect. She said to me, write your 500-word abstract in the early stages. Write it long before you finished. And I was always taught that the abstract comes at the end. But what happened was, she said, write your abstract, your 500 words, as though you finished your thesis. You can change it as you go along. And I've, I've changed from thinking that was really not good advice to thinking that was the best advice I had. Because basically, I wrote my own roadmap. Obviously, it changes as you go along. So if there's any young person out there, and I would encourage them to study at a senior level, full master's or doctoral thesis, as soon as they can, find yourself a really good supervisor who's got a track record in writing and in supervising uh, senior students. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing your stories and reflections as well as your findings with us. And as part of the ECD series, I really feel like it was critical to just begin the dialogue and begin the conversation around policy, because as you said, without policy, everything that comes after um, lacks, its, lacks its standing, really, and, and funding and political will. So I really appreciate your, your time this afternoon. Jessica, and to you, I know you're busy with your doctorate. Uh, please just keep going. Ron David said to me at one stage, get the damn thing done. Also amongst the really good advice I got from her, get the damn thing done. Pearls of wisdom there for all of our, our researchers tuning in. Exactly. That was Eric Atmore from the Centre for Early Childhood Development talking about ECD policy in South Africa. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe or leave a, a comment to let others know that you enjoyed the episode. This is one of many in our ECD series, so stay tuned for more.